Hello and welcome to House Lights, the podcast where we review media from multiple outlets. Today we're going to be talking about Taylor Swift's latest album, Folklore. I'm Carly Graham, and today I'm here with Keshi Shabra and Emily Bavard. Let's get into it. So, Folklore was a surprise release album that Taylor Swift ended up announcing early Thursday morning to be released at midnight the same night. Guys, tell me what your experience the first listen through was. Um, so I'll start by saying, I remember when it dropped at midnight and I basically was not doing anything that whole day, although I knew it was supposed to be dropping at midnight. I was just basically having that one day to prepare myself, get into the fangirl mode. It was quite an experience because as we almost, Joseph has never done that before. Her whole strategy is to, you know, like market and like publicize an album, make promotions about it, make us go crazy for, you know, months. And this, we had just, you know, this time we had just one day to get ready about it. And the whole era of, you know, lover like ending, that was another, you know, shock, which I had to deal with. But then when the album finally hit and I was able to listen to it, it, it I, I can't, you know, describe it in the words, the best I could say is it just made me want to go into a forest like lie between the foggy trees and just just like drown into my sorrows but but also in a very you know it was like in a Persian kind of way so I really like the emotions that this album brought what do you think Emily um yeah I would say I hadn't been like a big Taylor Swift fan for the last couple of years so like I saw she was releasing an album and I was like oh that's cool but I wasn't even I wasn't sure if I would listen to it or not but then Cashy was texting me as she was listening to it and like sending me songs as she was going. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna hit play. And then I listened to one, like she sent me like the first song on the album and I listened to it and I was like, okay. And then she kept sending more and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go start from the beginning because this is good. And then like, like kind of the same idea. Like it had a very good vibe of like chorus and like, I don't even know. I feel like it just suited the vibe of music that I listened to, and I was like, I'm fully ready to be a Taylor Swift fan again. Because, like, I hadn't, like, like, I, like, read, I, big fan, and then, like, 1989, I liked, but I didn't listen to it as much, and then I haven't listened to the other album. So, like, I was listening to this one, and it reminded me of the old Taylor Swift songs that I used to jam out to all the time in my room, and I am very excited to do that again. So for a little bit of context, this is something that most people know about me. I am a huge Taylor Swift fan. I, in like, Red specifically was when I hit my, like, peak and I was using my fan account every day and posting edit like edits on my Taylor Swift Instagram and, like, all sorts of stuff. So I was, like, losing my mind because I also have Taylor Swift's Twitter notifications turned on on my, like, on my phone and so I like randomly woke up before my alarm on Thursday and I was like laying on my laying in bed like playing Candy Crush when I saw that Taylor Swift announced that she was dropping this album and it, it like it felt like fate like I was not meant to be up yet and it was just like so weird to me the timing and it was so incredible and I like, also just, like, immediately had so many emotions. So all day Thursday, I played Lover on repeat because that ended up being one of my favorite Taylor Swift albums. 
and I was not ready to say goodbye to it. We have had it for less than a year at this point, and then she announced that she was dropping another one, and I, like, was so terrified that it was just going to be a bubblegum pop album that was just hit after hit, and I thought that that would be fun and good, but, like, I didn't want that from her. I wanted something that she gave us. She gave us folklore, and it ended up being this beautiful album, and I, (laughs) again, huge Taylor Swift fan, was not ready to let go of Lover. So the last listen-through that I had, it was my fourth listen-through on Thursday, and it was the last hour before Folklore dropped, and I, like, just started sobbing during the past, like, the last couple songs. Like, I think I started crying during It's Nice to Have a Friend, and then Daylight just, like, destroyed me. But it was midnight. I went to YouTube, and I turned on the, like, I, like, joined the stream to watch the Cardigan music video that was supposed to be dropping at midnight. And I, like, I immediately knew that it was going to be an amazing album. So I watched the music video. I cried. It reminded me of Falling by Harry Styles. And then... I ended up going to my Spotify and listening to the entire album in order, started with the one, ended with Hoax, and there were just, like, so many tears. I could not stop crying. I sent so many videos to, like, Sarah and Wendy. They, oh my goodness, these poor girls stayed up with me, just, like, getting the messages of me sobbing, and it was so, like, I've just, like, never felt emotionally impacted by an album like that, if you guys would agree. Yeah, I, I remember when we both were up until midnight and texting each other in anticipation, and then when the music video for Cardigan hit, I remember very specifically you texting me, this is not going to go well. And I was like, uh-oh, what's wrong? And you said, this might end up being my favorite album of all time from Taylor Swift. And I was like, from my reaction was, uh-oh, I'm going to be in trouble because... As you said, you were not ready to let go of Lover Era, which is amazing. I mean, this is Lover was my second favorite album. I was at that point still not over reputation because reputation was something that so much defined me as, you know, a person in the music interest. And then as you said right now, that we did not know we needed folklore from her. And she gave us like she ended up giving us something perfectly well which we did not know we needed i know a lot of you know people especially when i go back to cardigan's music you know video on youtube i see the comments and the first top comment which i saw today was can we take a moment of silence for cruel love i was like cruel summer and i was like yes we needed a video about that we needed a video for cornelia street which we never got but we got cardigan and i am not complaining at all it is so good the lyrics are so good and i keep forgetting the fact that she directed the video which is something you know i just like how can she be so good at it during the time when there, there's a pandemic going on everyone else is you know saying that we have a creativity block the things are like the way the album is supposed to be released are actually being, you know, deferred. And then she comes to just dropping a surprise album and then just, you know, like making everyone like, you know, like give a double take. I know so many people who are not at all to the Swift fans are actually listening to her and really liking folklore. There's just something about the whole Amy folk that is going on right now. You know, it probably, I don't know if it's trending or not, but 
I feel like people are able to really connect to it. And I think she really picked up, grasped on that, and boom, there was a blast by Taylor Swift, which is which is so good because since her, you know, first like album to now, if we see, look at it, she has indulged in all kinds of, you know, tastes. She her versatility is something that always, you know, just blows my mind. And I feel like people don't realize it very often. Like country, country pop, pop rock mainstream pop electro pop and then we have you know this uh indie folk and i'm like my mind's blown that's all i can say i feel like for me i didn't expect to get emotionally like attached to it cashy when she sent me the first song she was like prepare to cry it's a lot and i was kind of like okay that's not gonna happen but sure and then like i was listening to it and i was like mm, kind of and then now like the more i listen to the songs like certain ones i'm like oh no I might like I'm gonna cry because like now I'm like invested in it and like I really like I think it's the storytelling aspect of the songs too that really like drew me into it because I really like like lyrics as a like person and like having all those like just listening to it and like every line is like oh like every lyric is like as good as like the song itself so I appreciate that and then like I don't know I had like a whole vision too like with like the music video because like there's like songs that all kind of like go together with stories and i like was envisioning a whole like music video like plot line with like a series of videos tied together like i know like troy savan did it with the neighborhood and like the luminous did it with Cleopatra. and so i was just envisioning all of that with like this album and it made me just like the whole mood of the album kind of got into my head now and i'm very like just folklore vibes all around <laughs> She should definitely do that with the love triangle that everyone's been talking about, which is, you know, another question that I want to talk about, Carly. What do you think is the love triangle? I know, like, people are very much, you know, like, kind of hellbent on one song or the other. So give me your theory. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on the love triangle. Those three are, like, I think some of my favorite songs on the album. I think that... And again, Emily, this goes with something that you mentioned her songwriting is so incredible and impressive and I think that this album highlighted that more than any of her previous ones did because it wasn't just things that she experienced like all of her other previous albums were they were based on other people's lives which I think is something that's very interesting that she's never done before but I I love the story of the side piece James and Betty I think it's incredible. I love the fan theory that those are the names of Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's kids. I, like, I am so emotionally attached to that entire series of songs because I think all of them are just, like, they're, like, not just well-written. They're also just, like, comforting to listen to. Like, it's, especially August for me, like, August feels like you're receiving a hug. Like, that song makes me feel, like, supported for some reason. And that's the one of, like, you weren't mine to lose. That's the repetition that you always keep hearing. Like, you weren't mine to lose. I And it just, like, it got me so hard that first night. And I, like, was really struggling to grasp the tone of the album for a little while. And I remember texting you, Kashi. I was like, I think... This one might be, like, a happier one, which it's not. It's not a happy song, but compared to the rest of the album, it is, which is very weird for me. Like, I think coming to terms with 
losing something that you like shouldn't have gotten that attached to is something that all of us have kind of like related to like even losing the lover era we had it for 11 months and i was sobbing like i was in full sobs thursday night because i was not ready to say goodbye to it and there was like no reason for me to get that attached to it i've never been in love like i know that for a fact but I still felt, like, the love and the feelings of all of those songs. And it just, like, I don't know. I don't know. It just, like, it's very weird. I think it's something that all of us can relate to in one way or another. And I'm happy that we had that album to, or that song specifically, to kind of, like, comfort us through that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And actually, you know, interesting point someone pointed out to me while we were listening it uh, at 3 a.m. on the night of release that the person said that August sounds very much lyrically like Tim McGraw. And now that I actually think about it, I'm like, yes, I agree. Because, you know, August slipped away in Tim McGraw. She says September begins. Kind of same kind of, you know, summer vibes, summer love kind of thing. And then both are kind of in the sense of, you know, how you are looking back at the time and you're just, you know, having a closure with something which you lost. It was a time you enjoyed your love or, you know, a fling. And then now you're just ready to move on. It's more like a sentimental nostalgic kind of a moment that you're looking back and I, I feel like I know that a lot of people are even my, my first reaction was this is a very sad album but uh, I think it's more like in the sense you know the whole album as a theme is kind of looking back on you know the love life killer swig or the characters or you as a listener has had and just you know going through the moments the the beginning of you know the album the one it's basically kind of like the one who got away but in a much more of a closure kind of an ending you know that yeah it would have been thin if you would have been the one but you could not so that was so relatable to me and i'm like oh my god this is going to be the end of me this album and then the more i heard the songs there's a whole you know like i mean yes there are different characters there are different story and timelines to it but the beauty of this album is how well these songs relate to each another and if you were to listen them from you know track number one to track number 16 in an order it perfectly fits well with each moment rolling into you know how you feel like the anger the depression the rejection the acceptance all those five stages it just you know basically is this album and at the you know and you're basically like okay i'm good i'm ready to move on and you know let's go down with you know the whole cycle i i love that which is something so taylor swifty and how you said you know about how she wrote about different characters i think it was much needed because how the whole you know kind of like reputation her image throughout the non-fans have been that how she just writes about breakup songs about her exes and she has proved how versatile her you know songwriting her imagination is if she can write from different people's perspective about different people and you know some of them are actually true life instances for example the last great American dynasty. That is a very underrated song. And, you know, I feel like people need to talk more about, you know, instances like that, how the storytelling of a girl back in those days has been reflected through her. I, I really love it. What, what do you say, Emily? I mean, yeah, I feel like it's super cool for me because, like, it's a lot of things, like, all the songs on the album where I don't relate to it at all. Like, I don't have a love life or, like, people that I'm like, oh, the one that got away or whatever. And, like, and then the other things are all from other people's perspectives too so it's like a third layer 
but I'm still like when I listen to it I still feel like I can feel like the emotions in the song and I'm like oh I get it even though like I have no idea like technically but like I like it's cool the way she's like able to write it that makes me feel like I know like I can like feel what she's talking about even though I've never felt what she's talking about so I think that's I completely agree with that. And again, to Keshi's point, something I like Taylor Swift has had these skills. She has been able to write about others people's like other people's lives before. So a couple examples that came from previous albums were she wrote Speak Now for Haley Williams and she wrote um like what was it? Um Starlight. She wrote Starlight for the Kennedys and then Oh my gosh, one of my favorites is that Death by a Thousand Cuts, I believe, was written for Someone Great on Netflix, and that album was, or like, that entire movie was inspired and, like, written while listening to 1989 by Taylor Swift. Like, I think that that's very cool, but I think that this album specifically elevated that to a whole new sense. Like, she's been able to do it for a while. But none of those songs that I just said can compare to what is on, like, what is on Folklore. And I am, like, the number one Death by a Thousand Cuts stan. I love that song more than I love most things. But I still don't think that song can compare to Folklore because she wrote every single song pretty much about other people's lives and other people's experiences and... I think that it's just very interesting that she was able to do that. Yeah, like, Last Great American Dynasty is written about a house. She wrote an entire song about a house in Rhode Island that she bought. And it's, like, beautiful. It's the, it's, like, a little bit of feminist anthem. Like, oh, making fun of the fact that women ruin everything. (laughs) A little bit, like, oh, what would happen if she didn't show up? And it's just, like, such a good song and such a good album and I think that this brought her songwriting to just new heights that kind of proves that she can do more than just the simple breakup songs but she can also you know genre swap like she started as a country singer and then she got bored of it and then she transitioned to pop and then she was like ah nah why not do alternative and I don't know. And again, Emily, like you said, this is kind of an homage to Red. Like, I heard it and I was like, this is another fall album. We got another Red. Just like, Red but more sad. <laughs> that's that's exactly how I see this. And now, I think Folklore is my favorite album. And then it goes Red and then Lover. Which is just a very weird order. Things have been very, like, messed up in my mind regarding Taylor Swift recently. I'm feeling very out of whack, but I don't know. It is it's interesting, you know, I mean, at least for me, and it might be kind of like a biased Taylor Swift standpoint of view coming, but every time her new album comes out, I can't help but have that album as my favorite. That happens every time. I mean, I I mean, I also am a big fandom girl person for, you know, other artists as well, but at some point, you know, I would be listening to their most recent album and be like, you know what, I like the earlier one or the first one better. But for Taylor Swift, that never happens. And I think it's just, you know, the like there's, there's something to be commended about her writing style, like how she tries every time to make, you know, better, works harder, and like makes it, you know, more relatable to 
uh, like people and not necessarily in the sense of lyrics but just how they can relate to music just in general i think she really you know grasped that really well i mean how you know we have seen her success uh since fearless every album up till folklore has you know sold like 500,000 units in the very first week in the very first three days of the release and people don't know don't know much about this fact but it's you know something which is spellbounding and and i feel like you know even though she has you know created such mass success she doesn't like after an album stop okay you know this was a great album now let me try something new and i don't care if it you know hits or not no she she ends up gaining and breaking her own records which is surprising and i really really loved that but uh, just apart from that what do you guys think what were your best three from folklore what were your favorite three songs how about we start with carly okay so i've thought about this a lot um i have had this album on repeat pretty much constantly since it came out i have not really listened to anything else other than it so i i've listened to everything and had a lot of thoughts on this but i think that the three that i've officially chosen as my favorites are seven illicit affairs and either betty or exile like those two can be swapped out but like like okay if you read the lyrics to these songs one seven has one of the best lyrics that i like have ever just like immediately been drawn to and that is um what is it it's your braids your braids like a pattern love you to the moon and to saturn pass down like folk songs the love lasts so long and the little love you to the moon and saturn is it made me so happy like she said that and it flowed so beautifully and i just like had so many reactions to that line specifically and i like i'm very into astrology i'm very into tarot cards like i'm very into all of the celestial stuff so having that lyric was really really sweet and it made me so happy and then other than that one illicit affairs wow the bridge hits so hard for me like the clandestine meetings and stolen stairs they show their truth one single time but they lie and they lie and they lie a billion little times physical pain and then also like the don't call me kid don't call me baby like yelling and going back and forth and i the back and forths that taylor swift did on this album were so advanced and strong and they all sounded so good which is why i'm going back and forth between betty and exile because exile has the amazing back and forth with you never showed a warning sign and then taylor singing i gave so many signs and just that part alone made me like so many sobs the first listen through like i literally was unable to stop crying like i know i keep saying that but I need this to, like, truly make sense. I did not stop crying the entire first playthrough of the album. Like, the entire time I did not stop. It was terrible. And then <laughs> Betty is just, like, a fun song. And it's about going back for your true love and wanting to make it work. And just, like, the last part, again, the dang bridge where he's like, So I showed up at your house. Will you kiss me on the porch in front of all your stupid friends if you kiss me? will it be just like I dreamed it and it's so good like James's perspective was so good like 
I have so many emotions about this album, but I think those are my top three slash four and the reasoning behind them. So, Emily, hit me with your top three or however many you are able to actually kind of narrow it down to. Okay. I was very, like, I think I'm very confident in my top two. One being Exile and then number two being August. And then, like, there's a few that I've bounced between for number three. Because I, I was tempted to say Invisible String, because that song gave me such, like, it was so pure and wholesome, and it made me feel so, like, I don't know, it was very wholesome to listen to, and I enjoyed it a lot. And then also Betty, because of, like, the storytelling and stuff. And there's, it gave me very, like, old-school Taylor Swift vibes, too, and I appreciated that a lot. So there was that one. And then, like, I think there was an, I was also tying that, like, with... My Tears Ricochet, I don't know how to say that word, but just, I don't know. I have less, like, in-depth reasons, but definitely Exile and August for my top two, just because Exile, like, I listen to it, and I just, like, I feel the pain. Like, that's, like, the main one where it's, like, I don't relate to anything they're saying, but also I'm going to cry because I feel like I do. <laughs> and, like, Bon Iver is great, and I feel like it all just ties that song together well. And then August, I just really enjoy listening to, like, big bopping every time. And it's just all around good vibes, even though I don't know if the lyrics are happy. I forgot the, like, lyrics of that now. But it gives me vibes of, like, bopping when I'm listening to it. So I don't know how many songs that was, but, like, main top ones, I think. Cashy. <laughs> Oh, Emily, you just described half the album. I don't know what I can add to that. <laughs> but uh, yes, I, I'm kind of the same boy with Emily as to I know my top two for sure. It's really hard to describe and decide the third best because they pretty much half the album is on the same spectrum for me. But I'll start with my uh, favorite, the absolute favorite, Invisible String. I think that song is just extremely pure. Um, and I did not realize that fact. Someone pointed out to me that my favorite song from the album is the happiest song, which was not my intention. But I think my main reason was how this is, I mean, how we have been talking about, you know, that all these songs are maybe or maybe not from other people's perspective but this one is very much Taylor Swift's perspective this is like a personal touch into an album which you know we know like was from other people's you know point of views and this one lyric you know um which is like in verse three cool was the steel of my axe to grind for the boys who broke my heart now I send their baby's present gold was the color of leaves I don't know why this line hits me so much I don't know. It's just like, you know, it, it probably is something I can see myself doing probably this way, but I don't know. It's just that line just made me, you know, like all invisible string. And then my second album is going to be, sorry, second song is going to be uh, My Tears Ricochet. Um, this is something about the song. First of all, the song gives me very much safe and sound vibes. The way it begins in a whole melody, how it goes, um, and Safe and Sound was really one of my, you know, favorite songs from Taylor since forever. And then when you come into the chorus part, and if I'm dead to you, why are you at the way, cursing my name, wishing I stayed, look at how my teeth ricochet. I, I remember when I first heard the song, I was sobbing just because of those three lines, the whole 
for us. And I remember I told Emily, I texted her, Emily, listen to this and tell me that you're not as depressed as I am. And I don't know, it's just it's the song, the lyrics just really get to me, the whole melody. Um, for the third one, it changes day to day. Uh, it's actually something I've been doing since Thursday. I text Emily that today my song of the day is this one because every day I have a new favorite by her from folklore. Um, today is going to be Cardigan, which I know we had a music you know video about and it's probably one of the most kind of mainstreaming ones from folklore. But can we just appreciate the bridge part? You drew scars, uh, stars around my scars, but now I'm bleeding. I... I that is the kind of a line which you know you once hear and you decide i am going to get a tattoo which is gonna be around my scars gonna be all stars and i was very much you know like how you know certain just you know mini lyrics can just inspire you to do something you know such a kind of a commitment of an action or inspire you in a lot of emotions within you so yeah those are my three favorites and there are obviously a lot more of the great songs like you said emily betty um exile i i love how you know there's a whole miscommunication of conversation happening between two ex-lovers that's a whole you know just angsty vibe going on there um and then I think I think my another personal favorite would be um, August too, just because of how we have been talking about looking back at the time, and then the one which was super personal relatable to me. But yeah, I can go on talking about them forever. Um, it's just a great album. All right, thank you guys for joining me today. Stan Taylor Swift, Stream Folklore. 